Hi, this is Reverend Nicole Riley, and welcome to the Clergy Wellness Podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 21, The Church World After COVID. Today, we will also look at a wellness practice of the week, what is making this week good, and a mindfulness meditation. So, let's jump in. that I do is I work with churches that want to move forward in this brave new world. These are churches that um, may just need a little something or they may feel stuck or they may just are looking for someone to help them kind of get moving again. Uh, We all know pastors are tired and so even those that might have push themselves to get the church moving on their own normally. Post-COVID, they feel they might need a little bit of support and a little bit of help. So this past week, I uh, had the pleasure to work with a pastoral team in a church. And one of the things we worked on was uh, just some basic grounding on where we find ourselves as churches. What things actually look like out there? what the realities of today are. Now, most churches don't know these things. And of course, we don't know these things because all we know is what is going on at our church. That's normal. It's normal for us to also think that our reality, what we're dealing with in the local church, is what everybody is dealing with. But it isn't necessarily so. How we're dealing with COVID what we're experiencing post-COVID in our churches may be very different than what other people are experiencing. I uh, spoke with a church that had 60 set, 60% of their people back in person, and they said they felt depressed. The pastor said, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm ready to retire. Another church found that their children and youth ministry was slow in getting restarted. They wanted to know if maybe I thought their staff was the problem. It is normal we feel like this, but it can get us into some real trouble. Our assumptions can become heavy. So let's learn instead about what some of the realities are, what Pew and Barna and Lifeway Research are finding. Now, of course, this isn't 100%. But I think it guides us as we think about these things. And I think it's actually really good for our self-care because it grounds us more in what is instead of our fears and our worries. So what do we know about things? Well, first, I want to just ground you in one of the realities that um, we've been living with for a while Pew Research Center has reported that 63% of Americans describe themselves as Christian. That's down from 75% of Americans just 10 years ago. So when we look at numbers for post-COVID church attendance, some of the things we're seeing already is that the middle holds 
This means that churches that had a lot of adults in their 40s through 60s saw that those came back to church stronger than those who had more of a younger church, so under 30, or an older church over 70. Decline in attendance was most pronounced among married adults without any kids. Is this decline related to the conservative liberal split in our churches? No. The decline in attendance is across all churches, regardless of if they would define themselves as liberal, conservative, or moderate. So here's some basic numbers. These are from what I think of as the big three in all of this research, Barna, Lifeway, and Pew. So Barna says one in three practicing Christians has stopped attending church during COVID. Lifeway says that since the start of the pandemic, the percentage of Christians who say they attend church monthly has dropped from 64 to 57%. And Pew Research reports that two in three of regular attenders have returned to church. Now, what's interesting here is that in the midst of the pandemic, in February 2021, Lifeway did this uh, survey to understand what people were thinking they would do once the uh, pandemic was over. So 91% of U.S. Protestant churchgoers said that they planned to attend in-person worship services at least as often as they did before the pandemic. Few said they planned on attending less than before, or rarely, or not attending at all. This means that the vast majority of still missing in-person churchgoers is not so much because they made an intentional decision not to come back to in-person worship. Rather, it's an unintentional creation of a new habit. They've gotten out of the practice of going to church and haven't made a decisive act to restart. So Influence Magazine, which reports on Christian trends, gave a list that I think is pretty good about why people didn't return to in-person worship. First was COVID COVID hesitancy. Meaning a lot of folks, the only big group they ever sit in all week is church. And so they have hesitancy about returning. Second, inertia. They've been away so long that the habit of attending in-person worship is broken. Third, weak attachments. It's true. Many people in our churches have weak attachments to God, to the church, and to the church community. Number four, church switching. So during COVID, there were people who left our churches because we either remained open too long or remained closed too long. There were also people who switched churches because they moved during COVID. The fifth reason people gave for not returning was that they felt that the church actually added no value to their lives. Being away for all those months, they decided this really is fine, and the church has added very little to my life. And then the last one I want to share, which I think is really, for me, the most important of all of them, is that Jesus' calling 
in our lives pushes us to value things at odds with our society's natural leanings. In other words, how Jesus calls us to live is very different than how the world often calls us to live. And when we see that starkly, we just don't want to be part. In fact, when I was telling this to a friend of mine, she said that one time early on in her ministry, she taught a Bible study. And in the course of it, she was explaining some of what Jesus called us to. And two women in the group said, oh, well, I don't want any of that. And they not only left the Bible study, but they left the church. I mean, good for them. Jesus does call us to a different way of life. And it's good to recognize that in the midst of it all. So those are six reasons why people didn't return. But here's some of the things that are important for us to know moving forward. Americans report that COVID strengthened their faith, not weakened it. I think that reminds us that there's great opportunity in the midst of all of this to reach people, to speak to them about faith, and to connect them to the things of God. COVID, of course, was a time when people experienced such loss and tragedy, such a time where things were not as they had been. And those times are times that open up people to God's presence. Also, one of the things that I felt was really interesting was my uh, husband and son are both into things like um, public health. And so I came across an article that talked about that there was a concern and there continues to be a concern that lack of in-person interaction, that can be in general, but in here we're thinking about the church, can weaken the already weak social bonds that affect our public health, our depression, the number of suicide attempts, our use of drugs, and our misuse of alcohol. A Barna study reports that those who stopped attending church were more likely to feel insecure and anxious compared with practicing Christians who didn't stop attending service in person. And one of the things that I took to heart is when Jesus says, where your treasure is there, your heart will also be. Many churches looked at how they lost 30% of the worshiping congregation, but their giving didn't go down. That speaks about how people are committed and committed with their finances, which I think is the last thing people give to God. You know, they'll come and they'll serve or they'll do this or that, but actually give up their money. That's a bit different. So that's a lot for us to think about right here. Let me pour one more thing into the middle of all this. And that is some hopeful statistics. Now, of the three groups that put together this kind of stuff, I think Barna usually has the more hopeful of the statistics for us. And what they are showing is that we are starting to see a growing weekly worship attendance from millennials Gen X and Gen Xers, while we're seeing a decrease from baby boomers. Now, these numbers include online and in-person worship. So let me read a quote to you from Daniel Copeman, who's at Barna. He says, in 2020... In 2021, 
our data represents churchgoers either settling into or opting out of online attendance. Despite all the disruptions of 2020, the opportunities for online worship actually helped to boost attendance across all generations. However, in 2021, the novelty seemed to have worn off and people's church attendance declined significantly. Now, in 2022, younger generations especially are re-engaging in church, and this is a shift that might potentially mark a new chapter in church attendance. Before the COVID-19 pandemic, the majority of church attendance happened exclusively in person. Today, that's only true for about half of churched adults. In fact, one in five is still primarily attending online, and one one in four is mixing online and in-person worship. So I think there's a lot of possibilities here, right? There's the reality of coming out of COVID. There's the opportunity in being able to say to our churches, none of us know, so let's try some things. And there's these statistics that we're looking at and are interested in that say, our younger generations out of this experience may be coming back to or coming to church for the first time. So what are some of the things we might do as we look at regathering? What's working uh, nationwide? So this is from Church Fuel. Uh, they have an article called How to Get People to Come Back to In-Person Worship. So the number one thing, and this has been uh, true not just from COVID, but I think in general when we talk about church, is make church about kids. Kids have always been a driving factor in getting people engaged in church. Now, even more so, as we felt the lack during COVID. So if your church is looking at kind of what's next, what's next is probably restarting your children's ministry. It's a great opportunity to look at how that might look. Second, and I think this is just a huge one, um, focus on building community and not as much on content providing. So here's the thing. Gallup reports that our mental health in the United States reached kind of a new low, and the only group that they found that was doing okay, actually doing better, were people who attended in-person worship weekly. So we often, as pastors, focus on the content of worship, so the sermons and the studies and the songs and the services and all those things that need to be important, and I do think they need to be excellent. But oftentimes what we leave is the community building. And what this says is that there are going to be lots of great places your folks can go to get the best content out there, the best sermon out there. But what people are looking for, both in person and I think online, is that they're looking to build community. Community is different and it's necessary for our mental and emotional health, and I think for our faith journey. So if you're going to spend, you know, five minutes talking about Carl Bart, maybe not. Maybe tell a story from your own life so you're building a sense of community with others around you by sharing yourself. Okay, so that's number two. 
Number three, develop a communications plan. You know, one of the things that's really funny about church to me is there's a lot of great things going on inside of our churches that nobody's going to know about unless they actually come on that Sunday morning. Um, What is your communication plan? How do you use email? How do you talk to people via social media? Are you sharing any testimonies? Are you finding out about how people are doing? What do you want to communicate about your church in this new time? Do it well and do it often. And then the last one I want to share is we need to normalize higher levels of engagement and involvement. A lot of the problems with our churches is we tell ourselves, oh, people are busy and it's hard to get them involved and engaged. Um, That may be true, but really what we're looking for are the people who want to commit and want to do high levels of engagement and involvement. You know, we are on a mission. We are on a mission from God and higher expectations of ourselves and our community is key to move the ministry and mission of Jesus forward. So this is a lot of information and I wanted to share it because I wanted to normalize what your experience is and to equip you to think about these things um, from a more, you know, take a couple steps back way of looking at them and to help your people do the same. I think that we have a great opportunity in our churches post-COVID. I think this is a new day. A lot is unknown. But for our mental wellness, we can focus on who is there on our mission, on our ministry, and where God is calling us next. I think it's a great time to be a pastor. I think it's a great time to be a church. There is a great need for hope in our world. I think that need for hope was certainly there way before COVID, but it certainly brought it to the surface in a new way and in a a bigger way. I want you to know God is with us all in the midst of all of this and that you, my friend, are gifted and able and that God is in the midst of this for you. Yeah, the church after COVID is different, but you, you are up to the task with God as your strength. Wellness Practice of the Week. This is where I share something that you can do to increase your wellness. Many years ago, I started listening to audiobooks. (laughs) Over the years, the technology has changed a lot, but I still love me a good audiobook. I subscribe to Audible and have for probably 15 years, but you can also get audiobooks for free through your local library. What is so great about audiobooks is you can listen to all kinds of things on audiobooks. Over the years, I have done the Bible in 90 days with audiobooks. I have listened to the books from my book club. I have learned new things as I've driven around or gone on a walk or done art or gardening. 
Right now, I am listening to Just a Thought by Dr. Amy Johnson. This is the second time I'm listening to it. I felt like I needed a second listen. Uh, My husband and I, when we drive around together, we're listening to the book Breaking the Age Code. I am in a mindfulness meditation teacher book club, and we are talking about next week the book You're Not Listening by Kate Murray, Murphy, Kate Murphy. And my small group that I'm part of is listening to Mary Magdalene Revealed. I used to think I was cheating with listening to books instead of reading them, but I'm over that. Audiobooks add to my wellness, and maybe they can add to yours, too. What is making this week good? This is the part of the episode where I talk about what I am enjoying with the hope that you will notice some good things in your week too. Now, I will be honest with you, my friends. I have had a challenging month. I had a bone marrow biopsy the second week of October, and then my husband had a heart procedure that next week. Everything is fine, but it gets to be a lot. Now, I mostly manage because I am from the school of just rub some dirt in it, you're fine. But it got to be a lot. And I'm sure you know how that goes too. I have been spending the last couple weeks thinking about what I would do if my diagnosis was worse than my current diagnosis. That's what the bone marrow biopsy was to tell me. I was thinking mostly about this when I would drive around in my car. And for the first almost week, every time I thought about it, I thought, no, no way. I just can't do it. But over a couple weeks, I started to see my way. And I started to get a sense that no matter what happened, I would be able to figure it out. Now, what helped me feel that way is a lot of things, but I think the most important piece in it, and this relates to the fact that I mostly was processing this stuff and I was driving around in my car, what was mostly helping me was great worship music. Now, I love worship music. I love new worship music. (laughs) Worship music, like worship, reminds me who I am, who God is, and that I don't have to go through any of this alone. So here's some of the songs that helped me. Made New by Lincoln Brewster. Freedom by Jesus Culture with Kim Walker-Smith. So Will I, 100 Billion X by Hillsong United. Firm Foundation, He Won't by Maverick City with Cody Carnes and Chandler Moore. And Waymaker by Wind and Embers. Last thing, um, the last song I mentioned, Waymaker, is a song you may know. It's been a popular song for a couple years. But the version I'm recommending has a worship leader on it named Sarah Rufkolo. And she was 27 years old 
when she died of colon cancer. And she is the lead singer on uh, this version of Waymaker. And there's also a video of her leading this song as well on YouTube. Now I mention this because I don't have a belief that says that uh, God saves us in this life from these terrible things. But I do know that God is with us and that we do get to choose how we're going to live the life we do have. So I think of Sarah when I sing along to God being a way maker. My test came back today and everything looks fine. I mean, yay on that. <laughs> and worship music is making this week good. So you'll find on Spotify a playlist with the songs I mentioned and more. It's called the Clergy Wellness Podcast Music. So I hope you'll check it out and I hope the music will encourage you no matter what's going on in your life. Mindfulness Meditation. So take a moment to relax and to be present in whatever way works for you. You might look around you if you're driving around and just notice the things around you. You might roll your shoulders or take a deep breath or just notice Notice where you're at, who you are, and how's it going. And then remember who you are. You are God's beloved. And then remember in whose image you were created. You were created in the image and likeness of God. Today, I want to invite you to do just one part of what's called meta-meditation. Another translation is loving-kindness meditation. This is a much longer meditation where we lift up, or I'd say where we pray for, a variety of people groups. But one of the groups that we lift up during meta-meditation is ourselves. And so I want you to, um, wherever you are, just you repeat what I say silently to yourself making space in your heart to breathe it in, letting yourself wish wellness for yourself. If you're able, it's great to be able to put your hand on your chest, on your heart, but it's not necessary. So take in a deep breath and repeat to yourself silently after me. May I be safe. May I be well. May I be free from suffering. May I be safe. May I be well. May I be free from suffering. May I be safe 
May I be well. May I be free from suffering. In Psalm 63, verses 3 and 4, it says, Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. Remember these words, my friends, and may they give you life. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. I invite you to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We are getting very close to a thousand downloads, which is totally exciting. Follow me on Instagram or on Facebook at Nicole Riley Coaching and find out how to work with me as a clergy coach, a life coach, or doing social media management for your church. You can find out all of that at NicoleRiley.com or RevRiley at gmail.com. I invite you to check out my book called Expanding the Expedition Through Digital Ministry on Amazon. And today, I invite you to make the important choice to embrace a life of wellness. I'll see you next week.